Hello, my name is Melissa Lampagnano, and I'm the owner of Jacksonville Business Connections. For the past eight years, I have built a business honoring our mission to connect business to community. We have delivered on this vision by hosting community events and providing an online business directory to the local North Florida community. We are excited to expand by producing this new podcast for everyone and anyone interested in the business ideas of fellow business entrepreneurs. I can't be more excited to get started. If you are an entrepreneur at any point in your journey, beginning, middle, or end, we would love to hear from you. Contact us at jacksbizconnections at gmail.com. J-A-X-B-I-Z-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N-S at gmail.com. have with me Aubrey Lauren Sinsom Gatham, founder and president of Fostering Connection St. John's. Hi. Hi, Melissa. Thank <laughs> you for having me. I've been me working with Aubrey for about a year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. So I have been working with Aubrey for about the last year. Um, she's attended some of our events. We've done some charity raffles that have um, supported her mission and company, Fostering Connection St. John's. And that local nonprofit is about supporting children and foster care. And, foster and this business was founded in 2019. And we're just here helping spread the word further um, to all of our followers and anybody connected to the Jacksonville Business Connections. Thank you so much for having me today, Melissa. I'm glad to be so, here. So, Aubrey, do you want to begin with... Oh, you're absolutely welcome. And would you like to start off by um, telling us a little bit from your perspective about your business? Of course, Fostering Connection St. John's, we're a local nonprofit that serves St. John's County and Putnam County. The mission of Fostering Connection St. John's is to provide support to children in foster care and their foster parents through fundraising, volunteerism, and advocacy. And we do this through providing needed essentials, educational outreach programs, and community awareness. And we started That's so awesome, and we love to be involved. Oh, sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, we started Fostering Connection St. John's back in 2019. I had started my career as an educator, and um, through my teaching experiences, which were mostly at Title I schools. I had several children in my class that had been in foster care or were in foster care or were at risk of being in foster care. And I saw that there was a shortage in services for our local foster families. And I started getting really involved with the community. And I saw there wasn't a nonprofit that centered around foster care support in St. John's County. So I got together with some friends and that also had a passion for the cause and we together founded Fostering Connection St. John's. It has been wonderful. That's 
That's so awesome. I love to hear how businesses get started and those ideas that is so inspiring to everyone and to let everyone know that, you know, they can do it too if they come up with the ideas for businesses and nonprofits. Absolutely. Uh, nonprofits um, are set up, you know, just like businesses. The only difference is, is that um, you're a tax deductible organization, meaning that you don't uh, pay taxes on the income that you bring in. But if a nonprofit has paid employees, those employees do um, pay payroll taxes as typical of the business. But nonprofits, in order to be self-sustaining and successful, they absolutely need to be have a business plan be run just as efficiently as a business. Yes, you, as you're aware that we've been looking into doing some nonprofit work too, so that's very interesting to learn that from you. So can you tell me maybe like um, something that's just really warmed your heart in terms of starting this business, but not from this perspective of so much helping what your nonprofit does, but more from like, owning your own business and being able to have that freedom. I definitely, for me, it, the best experience was getting to build the nonprofit from scratch build a business plan, make our mission, decide which programming we were going to do. And what's amazing about as a nonprofit organization, you have board members that give you those great ideas, that input that help make the mission and your plan even better. Learning how to balance a budget and coordinating services, meeting new people in the community has been so rewarding and wonderful. When I was in high school, I actually was set and tracked to become a business major. And I graduated high school in 2008. And unfortunately, we had the Great Recession in 2008. And so I decided to not go into business and to follow my family's path into education. And nonprofit has really been great because it's bridge the two together, the business side and educational community-based side. So that, that's been so rewarding for me. Well, thank you for sharing that. What do you have to say in terms of maybe one of the, since you've just started maybe like within the last year of doing this and kind of getting your hands dirty into the starting your own nonprofit, what would you say has maybe been like the biggest learning curve? The biggest learning curve is finding, making sure you find the right fit for people that are interested in getting involved with your nonprofit. A lot of people have misconceptions about nonprofits and volunteerism, you know, that anybody can be a board member and, uh, you know, you just show up and you volunteer. But the truth is, just like any business, you have to have the right fit for each position. And to be a board member takes a lot of time, dedication, and providing 
financial resources to the organization. A lot of people think they're a board member, they don't have to fundraise, but board members truly are the ambassadors in the community. So they should be fundraising, helping to spread awareness of the nonprofit, attending board meetings and being very active. And board membership is great, but it's not a great fit for everyone. You know, if someone has a lot going on in their life or, you know, maybe they just have a lot going on with their business and such, they don't have time to be a board member. And maybe it's best if they find another way, you know, to volunteer, just come day off to volunteer or just give financial resources at that time. But in order for a nonprofit to be very successful, you have to make sure that your volunteers or prospective board members are in the position that's the best fit for them. And so my first year, that was uh, definitely a learning experience for me, figuring out you know, what, where, what's the best fit for people. But over time, working with some other local mentors and just through learning by doing, I learned how important that is. And now I've got a great process in place when I meet with somebody. I really spend time talking to them, seeing what their interests are, what their prior experiences are, what, what the best fit they would what's the best fit for them and to, in our organization. And so that has definitely been a learning curve for me, but I feel like now I've got some good systems in place. And my goal is to just for anyone who wants to be involved in fostering connections or any nonprofit, it's important that you find the right fit for you so you can have a long-term positive relationship with the organization. Absolutely. And I guess that makes me think of like what I had told you with the kind of the great community give back that we want to do that event. It makes me think that that's the kind of thing that people can come out and visit multiple nonprofits and learn from you firsthand at your table, maybe how they can get involved and what that involvement really looks like. Um, because even me knowing you for the last year and us connecting through some of my events and you um, benefiting from the charity raffle and certain things, it, it really helps connect more to you and understanding where that helps the foster kids and different things like that. So I, I definitely think it's a great thing is the education and passing that information along to everyone. And so I think that's awesome. Um, where do you see, like, since this is a fairly new nonprofit, what's your vision for the long run? Like, do you have this dream that you're you're focusing on and trying to grow it? Absolutely. Our long-term vision is to have a comprehensive support system program for our foster youth from infants all the way through young adults. Currently, we're working on building our educational programs to get to our long-term goal. We are starting a career readiness academy, the Kookaburra, in which for three sessions, uh, teens in foster care can come to the Kookaburra. They'll learn career skills, like writing a resume, how to apply for a job, how, how to do an interview, uh, basic customer service skills, working as a team. They're going to hear from a banker how to open a bank account and begin basic financial planning skills. At the end of the program, we're going to take the kids to Target. They're going to get an outfit, a work outfit, compliments of the, the grant from the Community Foundation for Northeast Florida. Ripley's is going to take the kids on a bus around to the different Kookaburra shops, and they're going to get to shadow the employees. They'll graduate the program with a binder of resources. 
and we're going to be looking towards opportunities for paid internships for the, the students as well. So we're starting that program, our summer leadership program, summer leadership camp with St. John's River State College, in which the kids will learn about college opportunities and begin making those plans for college. And we just started our arts program with Guardian Ad Litem. That's for younger children ages four to 10, in which they get to do art projects with their Guardian Ad Litem to help build their creativity skills and strengthen their mentoring relationship with their guardian ad litem. So we have those programs started. We recently started a support group, grandparents and caregiver support group with the Council on Aging. So we're starting those programs as our foundational building blocks to eventually have a housing program for young women who have aged out of foster care. When they turn 18, they can come live at the home. They can get a job, receive life skills training, go to college, begin saving, and their goal is for them to graduate the program and be able to live a healthy, happy, thriving life. Unfortunately, most housing programs for young women uh, are for crisis situations. So women that have been in domestic violence situations, um, women that are single pregnant mothers. So there's no housing program currently for young women that are, you know, they're 18 years old, they've aged out of foster care, and they're ready to get their life started. And so there's nowhere for them to go. So when they age out, they have to, you know, find their own housing and manage money. And that's a lot for an 18 year old to handle. And unfortunately, a lot of the times the young ladies end up falling into detrimental situations like domestic violence situations, human trafficking, and we're trying to prevent that so where they can get their life started in a positive situation versus getting housing when they're already in crisis. So that's the long-term goal for Fostering Connection St. John's is to provide comprehensive services for our local foster youth from babies all the way to adulthood and then have the housing program for young women. St. Augustine Youth Services is in the process of building a housing program for young men that have aged out. We would like to have a housing program for young women because empowering women especially is so important to me. That is so awesome to hear that. I, I love everything you said, everything that you're working towards, especially helping the um, the kids that are, I guess, adults and they're aging out. My question is when you were talking about that, so when they age out, what if they don't have the money to get housing? Where do they end up right when they age out? Well, unfortunately, about 20% of foster youth when they age out become immediately homeless because they don't have the financial resources and the job training and such to be self-sustaining. Uh, so many end up in homeless shelters or uh, crisis centers and such. Uh, so it's, it's truly very sad that we don't have places a lot for our foster youth and uh, there are some that you know go to live with like their guardian ad litem or you know they might be able to get an extended stay in foster care if they're still in high school uh, so there's some ex some um, exceptions but for the most part it's like you know here's your check and have a good life and they, they do have um, now some independent living coaches and they check in with the kids like once a month and help them find resources but 
the services still are limited. So um, our goal is to have more of those comprehensive services for our youth who've aged out. Because I know when I was 18, I wasn't ready to just go live on, on my own. I lived at home throughout college. And uh, it was challenging enough just doing that, let alone just having to pay bills and manage uh, apartment, clean an apartment, go to school, have a job. I mean, it's a lot for the kids. So that's our goal is to provide those support services so they have those skills and resources and people they can turn to for help. Yeah, I guess I'm still disturbed on the 20% that just become homeless. So I truly like would be on board with supporting all the steps to be able to like you said, I think I heard you say, like, maybe open up some sort of housing for that internal step of them becoming homeless and getting them out into the world um, to have jobs so they can be on their own. And it just it there's just something that we don't want to see these kids who have already gone through so much. Now they're adults and they just are like left to fend for themselves. It's just everything about me is saying, how do we prevent that? How do we help? And so for me personally, I mean, I will always be on board with trying to help you get to that next step or whatever that takes. Um, we would definitely support that mission. Thank you. And it's so important to us, especially the, uh, many of the kids have been in foster care long term when they age out or they've been you know, in foster care in and out throughout their life. And so they've already had so much instability and to go into adulthood with just even more instability of just it makes it really hard for the kids to meet their goals. That's why only 50% of kids that are in foster care end up getting their high school diploma because many uh, kids in foster care have learning um, learning difficulties because they're moved around so much. They lose about an average of six months their education every time they're moved. So some of the kids have been held back maybe one or two grade levels. So when they age out of foster care, some are still in high school. So uh, some unfortunately don't, many don't, unfortunately don't even finish high school. And then when they graduate and go on to college or technical school, only about 3% of the kids in foster care nationally end up earning a bachelor's degree, which is way, way below average of the whole general population. And that's why we're working the same state college to have the College Readiness Academy to let the kids know that that is an option for them. The state of Florida, children in foster care who are in foster care at least six months, they get their tuition paid for, and that doesn't cover everything. So that's why we're starting a scholarship with St. John's River State College to help them pay for textbooks. Textbooks cost on average about $1,200 a year, but they have the opportunity to go to college, but many just don't know that that's an option for them or because they're trying to juggle their housing situations and work situations, um, finding housing. It makes it really hard for them to complete their college degree. They have the ability to do it, but they just so many obstacles in the way. So our goal is to make sure that the kids know that they have resources, they have supports systems in place to help them finish that bachelor's degree because of People on average who have bachelor's degrees earn more than folks that do not. Now, college isn't for everyone, but so we know more of our foster youth can get a bachelor's degree. And that's our goal is to make sure that they know that that's an opportunity for them and to help them with their housing and job resources to make sure that they can finish their degrees and go on to have the, their careers and meet their goals.
um, people who are maybe watching this live or come across this later, what if they're thinking in their heads like, oh, they want to get involved and they want to help, you know, this program move forward or in the even in this exact moment help out? What are the kind of current needs or long term needs that the community could help you with? Absolutely. We have several different ways that the community can get involved. Uh, we have, of course, we have volunteer opportunities. We have special events that uh, folks can help us with. We have our college summer leadership camp coming up in the summer. So if you have a business or a trade that you like to share with the students, that's a great opportunity to give. We have sponsorship opportunities for in-kind items such as lunch for the kids and self-help books and different kinds of things, doing special programming with the kid. That's a great way to help. We have our arts program and we're doing an art supply drive. So if community members want to donate art supplies for the program or serve volunteer art instructors, we welcome that opportunity. Uh, we always have sponsorship opportunities for businesses to sponsor our events or programs throughout the year. Um, we have board membership opportunities to serve. We have a couple positions open on our board of directors and our advisory council. So folks that really enjoy that board membership, we're really looking for people that like to plan special events. We're looking for an events chair to help us with our three fundraisers throughout the year. And we are looking for a program chair to help oversee and coordinate some of our programs as we're growing. And we also have opportunities, of course, to just share on social media and raise awareness in, in the community. Come out to our fundraisers and special events and learn about us. And of course, there's always donation opportunities if you just want to donate funds to our organization. And throughout the year, we have little collections. At the holiday time, we have holiday drives, school supply drives. There's always opportunity for families and civic groups to get involved. There's really something for everyone. Not everyone can be a foster parent, but everyone can do something to help our foster youth. So I invite anyone that's interested in getting involved with Fostering Connections St. John's to like us on Facebook, visit our website, www.fosteringconnectionsstjohns.org. We have online donations on Facebook and our website. So there's lots of ways to give online and I welcome anyone to message me and reach out and say, hi, I'm interested in getting involved. And I'd be happy to meet with you for coffee and see how best we can work together. Absolutely. I think that's a huge wide range of options for people to help get involved. And I think it, it reaches everyone across the board from businesses to families that, you know, want to help and, and grow um, this nonprofit and get it out further to the community. Um, I mean, for us doing our part in helping, I mean, you know, we do about 10 events a year and you're involved in a couple of them, but you are absolutely welcome to come um, to any of our events as a vendor and set up a tent if it's outside or inside. We can give you a table to um, promote, you know, your nonprofit and get the word out there further to the community because we definitely want to support this mission and message. Thank you so much, Melissa. We we are so appreciative of your support. We've loved working with Jacksonville Business Connections, and Melissa's been 
amazing to work with out there in Facebook world. I want to share with everyone. Melissa is amazing to work with. Her events are wonderful. And working together on a couple of the charity raffles last year, we were able to raise around $900 for Fostering Connection St. John through the Jacksonville Business Connections charity raffle. So to all the guest attendees and folks that bought raffle tickets, we greatly appreciate your support. And of course, we're so appreciative of Melissa and all that she's done to help promote us and support us through the charity raffles. Oh, you're definitely welcome. Is there anything that maybe we haven't covered or any upcoming events or anything you want to share and get the message about to get people's eyes on? Of course, yes, we had our fundraising banquet coming up in May, but with the current coronavirus, we're going to postpone that. So we're working on with our, ben with our venue, coordinating a new date, and some of our programming has been paused for the moment, but we're planning to resume as soon as possible. But the best way to help us right now, um, we're starting a fund to help foster families that have been impacted economically by the coronavirus. Uh, so you can donate online on our website, www.fosteringconnectionsaintjohns.org or on Facebook. And we also are currently collecting gift cards for Foster Parent Appreciation Month. Something else we do is to help recognize our local foster parents and the banquets coming up in May. Our goal is to collect 100 gift cards to give to each of our foster parents to say thank you. They do so much to keep the kids loved and safe and, and do so much to help advocate on their behalf. And so we want to recognize each of them at the, at the banquet. And I know it's lots of different things going on right now, but if you are able to, we would love to have your support so we can recognize our foster parents in May and help some foster families that have been impacted by the coronavirus. And we greatly appreciate all of your support and I look forward to hearing from you and seeing ways that we can work together. I love that. And another question just popped in my head was about the connection to the fostering parents. Do they need to come to you um, when they become a foster parent or does the program reach out to new foster parents? Like how does that connection happen? Well, the Family Integrity Program, they're our foster care provider in St. John's County and they have classes called Pride for people that want to become foster parents. They have classes called Pride and it's um, several weeks long and they're about three hour long classes each. And once, um, once the parents graduate from the Pride class, then they go through a home study and background checks and different things and then they become a licensed foster parent. And we work closely with the agency so when families have needs or there's the banquet coming up, we um, work directly with them. We ask them how can we help or sometimes they'll come to us for things. Like last year we had a girl in the independent living program who had aged out of foster care and she was expecting a baby and they asked us to help with planning a, a baby shower for her. So we helped get some gifts and we helped get food and cake for the showers and decorations. And it was a, a great successful event. So sometimes they'll come to us for help. Other times we'll reach out to them to see what their current needs are. But the Family Integrity Program handles the whole foster care, like licensing and such. We're a support um, agency where we help fill in the gaps and services for the agency. 
I love that. I, I feel like I learned some things, which is great. <laughs> um, I hope everybody out there watching now or that will watch this in the future will um, connect with you and hopefully support this awesome nonprofit mission. But I wanted to thank you for joining us and um, we'll just keep plugging away at getting this out there to the community. And if there's anything else we can definitely help you with, let us know and maybe we'll go live again in a few months and get some updates. Thank you so much for your support, Melissa. We really appreciate it. No problem. We will talk to each other soon. Bye, Aubrey. Bye, Melissa. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Joining and supporting our live interviews with local um, nonprofits and, and other businesses. And if you're interested in having a live interview with us, just message us. We'll set up a time and a date, and we will go live and share it on our Facebook page. Talk to everyone soon. Stay connected and follow us on Facebook at Jack's Biz Connections or find out more about us on our website at www.jacksonvillebusinessconnections.com.